you're just joining us, my name's David, my wife Lil down here, David and Lil Hooper, pastors of C3 Port Headland for 19 years going into our 20th, and, uh, and this is the first time I've preached live in six months, so I'm, you know, pumped. <laughs> you, um, you thought I was going to say nervous, right? It's funny, you know, I, I learned early on, don't tell people you're nervous. Because if you don't tell them, most people don't understand. I don't realise. So anyway, no, uh, I'm here to take the next little portion of Colossians. Thank you, Justin, Justin and Anna, fantastic pastors of a fantastic church. We are loving Coffs Harbour. Can you just give yourselves a big cheer? We really, really love this space. Love your weather, and it hasn't been hot yet. Because we come from, you know, we come from the edge of the desert, Port Headland, uh, right up there on North WA, if you don't know where it is. And um, 40 degrees is normal. 45 is hot. 47 is when the palms start curling up. Um, yeah. But uh, so we, as a couple, have lived in Port Headland for 32 years. We went there as a young couple, not married, and we stayed with Lil's folks. And then we... we uh, worked for 18 months and then we we got engaged and got married and back in New Zealand we went back to our hometown of Whangarei New Zealand and, and got married and then traveled around the world um, within two weeks we wanted a divorce <laughs> it was down to Lil's driving if you ask me but you're not asking me right and and Lil said to me you're not going to say anything about me this morning and at that time I said no <laughs> but uh, here we go and it, relationships we didn't get divorced by the way um we carried on going because i was driving <laughs> hang on a moment uh so we have had to learn along the way how do we deal with the ups and downs of relationships and and it's been challenging and i can remember one morning we're back in port headland chloe has been born chloe's over there with her husband sam and is ezekiel with you at the moment our first grandson yes hello family love you and um and uh, i remember going out really early in the morning and we'd had a fight the night before i'm sure because i was telling god just how horrible she was and he did not take my side and i was very disappointed in fact he said to me for the first time uh, something that he has said many many times throughout 30 years 32 years of marriage and that is go love your wife so how about you? How, I mean, you know, not everybody here is in the relationships. Maybe you've been in one, whatever the case. But whatever your relationships are, that's what this little portion is today. So everyone has a relationship with somebody. Some people are married. Some people have a primary relationship. Others are just maybe it's a, a worker relationship. But this portion actually talks about slaves and masters. I don't think there's too many of those here today. Um, but it talks about workers and fathers and family. So... Whatever your story and wherever you're at, if you are struggling in any of those relationships in your world at the moment, you're in the right place. This is, this is a good spot to be in. And, uh, and I was going to say unfortunately, but strangely God has given us this strange little portion here that to me, I, I look at it, and just fair warning here, I look at it and I think, and how? is that supposed to help 
It's, it's one of those ones. And in fact, I think that it's probably one of the most abused pieces of scripture uh, throughout history. I'm going to move this back a little bit. And, and, and this is it. So please bear with me. If you, if you argue with this, if this gets you going, then that's fine because God wants us to engage with the Bible. In fact, do you know the name for Israel actually means one who wrestles with God. God wants you to wrestle with him. He wants you to wrestle with these difficult portions, these tough things. So here we go. This is the tough one, and I think it's, it's uh, tough on a couple of fronts. One, I don't know that it should be a male up here talking about this, because the first words are, wives, submit to your husbands. Right there. I'm reading from Colossians 3. I'm glad I got a huge cheer from that one. Uh, <laughs> Colossians 4, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Like I said, I think this, this actual verse here has been misused by male, male preachers throughout the 2,000 years we've been on this earth. And, and women have been hammered uh, unjustly and in the wrong way through the use of this verse. But then why is it here? And what does uh, Paul put it here for? Let's continue. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. See, that's the bit that God would tell me. Go love your wife. Love your wife. That, I knew it was there. It's the fault of being brought up in the church, growing up in the church, being taught these verses. And they stick in your brain and the Holy Spirit pulls them out at the wrong times. When you don't want them, he pulls them out and he uses them to, to change you. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. See, that too might have been misused. But the funny thing about this little portion here is that Paul is going from one side of a relationship to the other. Wives, men, husbands, children, and the next thing is fathers. Fathers, fathers, don't exasperate your children do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged so you've got the flip side there and then it's got slaves obey your earthly masters and everything you do try to please them in all the time not just when they are watching you serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the lord work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the lord rather than for people I remember my mother telling me that. Do everything as unto the Lord. This not the only time this is in. In fact, this portion, the whole portion, Paul is repeating. He wrote it in Ephesians. It's a very, very similar thing. In fact, he expands on it in Ephesians a little bit. Um, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. That jumped out at me I was listening to my Bible as I was driving along this week and God has no favorites it's not the only time it's in there too and it and it made me you know when you just feel like you've been popped between the eyes <clears throat> made me feel like oh no um, don't get complacent just because you feel you're saved you've been a pastor you've done this you've done that don't get complacent because God has no favorites you you can't just now choose to Slack off. So, no, don't want to slack off. And then it continues on. So, masters, be fair, just to your slaves. 
be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. So once again, God's, uh, Paul is bouncing the, the one side up to the other, one from the slaves, masters, and then also to our heavenly father in heaven. So powerful little verses there. And yet, how are they supposed to help? Well, I want to help you. If you've ever struggled with this verse, ladies, if you've ever struggled with this verse, uh, you sh- should, I hope, feel that this is working for you today. And men, if you've ever struggled with this verse from either side, whether you've tried to preach it to your wife, then I'm going to help you today. And uh, the flip side is that there's something in there for you too, fathers, children, anything. So Lil and I, as we're learning to uh, live together and love together, we would have on and off occasions where we'd fight and have relationship ups and downs, as you do. And that's pretty normal. I remember asking my nana, Nana Foster, and uh, back in New Zealand, I think I'd been having a blue with my girlfriend at the time, and I said to her, Nana, how do you deal with it when you and Papa fight? And she goes, ooh, I don't think we have, dear. And I said, what? How long have you been married? Oh, 56 years. And you've never had a fight? No. Crossword? No, don't think so. I said, how do you do that? She said, well... When we were first married, Papa took me to the front of the house, which was a shed, a small shack, like your garden shed. Imagine it. uh, You could fit a car in it, and it had in there was a bed and a kitchen and a stove or a tub. And she said, and Papa stood, we stood in front of the door, and he said, and may we live together. He prayed this prayer. May we live together in all godliness and honesty out of Thessalonians. And so we did. (laughs) Yeah, not helpful, Nana. Okay, what did we do? Well, halfway through our marriage, we discovered a book called The Five Love Languages and we were blown away. I think I read it first and I took it home and I said, Lil, we've got to do this. We've got to read this. Listen to that. And we read it through together and uh, we discovered just why we were missing it so much why uh, I, I would think that I was doing the right thing for her and then and I was failing and she'd think she was doing the right thing for me and she was failing and the reason is the love languages if you haven't read it get it read it, it talks about a concept of the love tank and that we all operate in our relationships with a tank that is supposed to be full of love and when that tank is full of love then everything is good with the world and things go well everything uh, works smoothly in your home and and your and so the love languages just briefly are um, kind words some people need to hear kind words that's me you say things nice things about me i'm happy if you don't say nice things about me i'll say them about myself i'll still be happy uh (laughs) physical touch people need touch some people need it more than others then they're just you know touchy-feely people and it's, that's how they they uh, grow in love and feel connected well that's that's somebody here and one husband what you know nudging his wife or vice versa and saying that's you that's, uh, that's got to be your one um, quality time is another one <laughs> spending quality time together and then there's uh, acts of service now that's Lil right? she's an acts of service person you know, don't tell me, oh, I'm words, right? So I'll tell her I love her. Don't tell me you love me, do the dishes. That sort of thing. And, and, and I'll, I'll think that I can fix everything with nice words and it doesn't work. I'm thinking, what's going wrong? But we learned as we went through this together that we have to speak the other person's love language if we want to make a connection. 
And, uh, and the last one is gifts. And some people just thrive on giving and receiving gifts, sometimes more giving than, than receiving. But that was the first one. And, and no joke, that made a huge difference to our marriage. And then uh, a few years down the track, we were about to go on a big, long holiday. And, and I'd notice a bit of a pattern that, that uh, we would generally have a, a, one of our worst blues, our fights, on a big holiday. And, and, and if you ask Lil about some of these details, she'll disagree with me. So, and, you know, that's okay. I have a really good memory for this sort of stuff. Uh, no, we, we see things differently. It's, it's true. And uh, Anyway, we discovered a, a book just prior to going on this big holiday because I was thinking, wow, we're going on long service leave, a three-month holiday. Do you know how many you know, big blues we could have on that, on that <laughs> amount of time? This is going to be awesome. And we discovered this book called His Needs, Her Needs, and, and we read through it together, and it changed our world more than the five love languages had because it built on them. And we had the best time going around Europe. It was just absolutely amazing. His Needs, Her Needs, um, old book, fantastic book. I think we should read it again. It's really, really good. Not that we, you know, we've actually got to a stage where we don't fight much now. It's very, very rare that we actually have any disagreements. And I'm, you know, we like that. It's... And then we come across a third one. And this third one actually talks right into this bit of Colossians here. And it was a, a book called Love and Respect. And he takes as his premise for that book um, the two different ways of showing affection that he sees, and that's love and respect. And it comes out of this. It's that portion about Ephesians that I talked talk to you about that was the same as Colossians, uh, or very similar. At the end of it, in Ephesians, he, he finishes, Paul finishes by saying, So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And he took this premise that men and women are different. God made us to be different. The world would have us believe otherwise. And, and as I grew up in school and I was taught that, you know, it didn't make much difference. Uh, it was all training and nurture, not, not actually who you were and what you were. Um, I, I, I believe that. I believe that men, there's no difference between men and women, really, essentially. And then one day uh, I was caused to think, well, hang on a moment. That's weird. And, and we were out at the beach. And uh, Chloe was about four and Joshua was about two and uh, I'd come in and I'd seen them looking at the TV screen like this watching this this show and, and it was an ABC you know play school or something or other. And they take they were going around the rock pools at Sydney this is clear across Australia to Port Edland into the TV and they were looking at these rock pools and they weren't finding anything you know it was like nothing much that I could see a bit of seaweed here and a pebble and 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 uh, and I thought Oh, I felt such a bad father that I hadn't taken them out. So the next weekend, I took them out to the beach. We took a bucket and a you know, plastic bucket and spade, and we went walking along the rocks, and I was going to show them stuff. And we're walking along, and Chloe's about this far behind me, uh, and, I, and I find this hairy crab sitting down between one of the cracks of the rocks. And I go, Chloe, look, a hairy crab. And she just goes, and falls over backwards on the back, on the ground. And, oh, sorry, I'll pick you up. Josh is still coming along. He's walking, the little two-year-old with a bucket and a spade. And, and, and he comes past Chloe, and he carries on walking. I said, uh, and I was a bit hesitant here, Josh, look, a hairy crab. And he goes, whoop! <laughs> Lucky the hairy crab was down in a gap. 
And, uh, and I thought, wow, that's such a different reaction. I did not train either of them to do I didn't train Chloe to scream and fall over. I didn't train Chloe, uh, Josh to, to whack that crab. And it made me think, you know what? There is a difference, and God has designed us differently. And, and he, for whatever reason, if I am to believe the word of God, there are two different needs here that male and female need in a relationship. And one needs love. And one needs respect. And trying to train that and nurture that out of people, you're going you're gonna to fail. And the best thing we can do is actually to be reminded of what God has said and, and to put it into action. So what do we do? Well, I came up with a few different things that we have done over the years. Because what happens is, if he does not give her the love that she needs... She reacts with out respect. And if she doesn't give him the respect he needs, he reacts without love. And then she reacts without respect. And then he reacts without love. And it, Dr. Emerson Egrich calls it in the Love and Respect book, he calls it the crazy cycle. Because what happens, it doesn't just go around like this, it goes around like that, you know, like the vulture's death spiral. And, and it goes worse and worse. What happens? You know, from experience, maybe, or maybe you're like Nana and Papa, uh, maybe you know that it escalates and your words get harsher and your actions get harsher and your quality time gets less. And so it's basically, it's the opposite of the love languages, the hate languages. They, they become more prevalent in your world. You don't want that, do you? You, you would much rather have a good relationship with whoever you're dealing with right isn't it easier isn't it nicer well I can't tell you if these are going to work for you but all I'm going to do is share five of mainly my top five tips of how I feel what has helped me so I've got them down on a little card here they're obviously very small tips Be the first to get off the crazy cycle. Decide you're going to be first. Decide that you are not, you're going to be the first to apologize. You're going to be the first to step out. You're going to be the first to say sorry. You're going to be the first. I'm going like, you know what? No, I'm going to shut this down right now. I'm going to listen to the, that verse in the Bible that says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, which is always difficult because most of our fights would happen after dark. So that means that gives me literally 24 hours, right? But no, you have to look at it in the way God intends it, which means be fast. Do it now. And so I decided a few years ago, I wish it was longer, but it was only a few, that in the middle of the night, the switch flipped. Whatever I was angry about, I would get up the next morning and turn up, because I would get up first, turn up by the bedside with a smile and a cup of tea. Uh, which is point four, maintain loving rituals. And, and for, for me, one of the ways that I demonstrate by action because that's my wife's love language, is to make her a cup of tea. And, and, then, and, and the harder bit is the smile, right? So, but, you know, we're working on that. Uh, but you do that, even if you've had a fight, you, you, you decide. That's my first thing. One, be the first off. Two is read your own mail. Now, now this is the key 
to not abusing this most abused verse in the Bible, of, in my opinion. And that is, read your own mail. You know when a parcel turns up and uh, somebody really wants to open it even though it's not addressed to her, right? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about uh, my wife this morning, am I? Not at all. Okay. In the Bible, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, get a black marker and just cross that out because it's not your letter. It's not for you. You shouldn't even be reading it. Well, yes, you should. Not for you. Ignore it. You read the next bit, which is husbands love your wives and never treat them hard. Women, don't go reading that bit. Get your black marker. Cross it off. Obviously, I don't mean literally, but I, I do draw all through my Bible um, but you know what I mean? It's read your own mail. If you read your own mail, God will speak to you through his word to you, not through his word to someone else. And he will transform you with it. The third thing is have some rules for fighting. I'm a jeweler by trade. And I remember Margie came in one day and she's having a fight with Colin. And she was angry. She was all about Colin. Colin wasn't there to defend himself. And I, I said to her, well, she said, what do you do? I said, well, what are your rules for fighting? You don't have rules for fighting. Don't be an idiot. Nobody has rules for fighting. What are you talking about? When you fight, you just fight. And I said to her, well, so you throw knives at him? What? Don't be stupid. I wouldn't throw knives at him. Plates, maybe, but not knives. And, and I said, well, see, the thing is, you've got an unwritten rule called don't throw knives in our arguments. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, you have a rule. We all actually have rules for fighting, but we don't identify them. Now, here's the thing. Identify your rules for fighting, and then you've got this many rules, and you've got that many un, uh, you know, undisciplined moments and things that you... Add rules. Slowly add rules to your rules until you get better and better. So you know what? Have an argument and then go, you know what? I really shouldn't do that. Uh, I, should, I should not do that. And, and one of these rules is um, uh, don't mention divorce. Don't even mention it. The word should never cross your lips. Or don't say, I'm going to leave. It's, that's one of our rules. We don't, doesn't happen. Because, you know, the first time it gets mentioned, oh, shock, that's terrible. Horror, instant change. Next time, yeah, he said this before. Or, you know, but he, whatever. Uh, don't mention it. And then further on, mentions again, it's like, no shock. Further on, mention it again. It's starting to sound like a good idea. Mention again, it is a good idea. I'm going to do it. No, don't even mention it. There are rules that you can add. Fourth point that we have uh, done, I already mentioned to you, maintain loving rituals. And that is, there are things that we put into place sometimes. Don't let them slip off. Keep doing them. I remember hearing a, a story about uh, where a pastor was asking someone, when did, you when did you know your marriage was over? It was the moment he stopped putting toothpaste on my toothbrush. He always used to do that when we were you know, in love and, and then he stopped doing it and I knew our marriage was over. Okay, maintain whatever your loving ritual is. Look for them, identify them, keep them going. 
And the last one is find your forum for talking. In my opinion, the worst time to have a fight is just as you're going to bed. A, no sex. B, no sleep. So don't do it after dinner time. Can't do it before breakfast or as you're going out the door. Often husband and wives are going out the door separately and, and can't do it then. No time constraint. Don't, don't do it by the phone during the day. That's rubbish. That just ruins somebody's day. Ring up to have a blasting. The good thing is you can just hit the X button if you don't want to listen to what someone's saying. Um, no, but you have to find your forum for talking. And, and, and out of one of these uh, books here, I think it was the middle one, His Needs, Her Needs, Her Need for uh, Conversation and, and Companionship, and I discovered, and I tried to put in place, it's easier back in Port Hedland where Lou would be home before me and then I'd come in, was I'd just step in the door and I'd sit at the kitchen bar and just hear a download of things. Because one of the biggest things that we would, was, was, uh, we would argue, I was like, you ne we never have time to talk about this stuff. You're never there, you don't hear me. You, and so I thought, well, out of his needs, her needs. I understand now. She needs to have this download time. So basically it was just sit and listen. Hear, and then you also have to find your forum for when you actually do need to discuss things. Uh, I thought early on in their marriage that, that I was the more honourable one because uh, when we would fight, I would just clam up and go silent. And I could be silent for days. I was pretty good at it. And, um, and then one day, quite clearly, God told me, uh, same place as I was when he told me, go love your wife. He was, no, you're wrong. With other people, they need to shut up. With you, you need to speak up. I'm like, oh, okay. So I discovered that I needed to open up and speak up. And, and this is the thing. When I say read your own mail, I really mean read. There's a whole load of mail here for you that will help you and bless you in your relationships. And even the chewy portions like this one that I just read, it's there for us. And if you chew over it, meditate on it, it'll make a difference in your world. Can I get you to stand? I know that... Um, while I've been talking, there's, the Holy Spirit has been doing some work in, in some hearts here. And uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge that quite possibly not everybody in this room is saved. Is not. If you died at this moment, you don't, you're not sure if you're going to heaven or not. And so I don't want to leave any moment uh, and miss a chance for leading someone into heaven. So if you'd like to pray with me, I'd like to lead, you, lead us all in a prayer. And the reason I'd like to do it like this is I'm not going to say afterwards, now can you put up your hand and come forward. I'm not going to do that because I, I want you to have that moment with you and God and then, and then tell somebody because you have to do that. You have to continue coming to church. You have to continue building your relationship. You have to continue reading your mail, especially the chewy bits. So this is the prayer, and if you'd all pray it with me, that's great because it not only helps someone who hasn't prayed it before speak it out in a, in a way that there's no attention drawn to them, but it also helps you get this down into your head that this doesn't happen, it doesn't stay here. It's not just for the pastor to pray salvation prayers, the pastors. It's, it's for all of us. We can lead anyone through 
a salvation prayer at any place, at any time. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth, for dying on the cross for me, for rising again, for giving me your eternal life. I give you my life in return. Thank you for forgiving my sins, for being my friend, my Lord, and my Savior. Amen.